Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Valmet Forward Talks podcast series, where we discuss the big topics surrounding sustainability, climate change, and the future of the pulp and paper industry. My name is André Noël Chaker, and I have the pleasure of being your host. The topic of this episode is how to remove fossil emissions from industrial operations. The key questions are, what is causing most CO2 emissions in industrial operations? How can we move towards carbon-free energy? Our podcast guests will soon talk to us about the very inspiring carbon-lowering initiatives they have taken in their own operations. Stay tuned. Welcome to this episode of Forward Talks from Valmet, the company that converts renewable resources into sustainable results. With us here today are Victoria Larson, Vice President, Health, Safety and Environment at Valmet, and Mervi Leskinen, Portfolio Manager at Gazum Portfolio Services. And we will be discussing the topic of reduction of carbon emission in industrial operations. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to start off with a personal question, if I may. And this relates, of course, to the question of sustainability, but in your own lives. Um, Mervi, I'd like to ask you, how did you get to the studio today? Yeah, I came here by car. I have a gas car that I fill with a biogas. That is not surprising since you can, yeah, <laughs> you, work for, you work for gas. That's great. And, and I'd like to ask you, Victoria, what is the most impactful thing you do in your personal life to fight climate change? Well, since my teenage years, I've either biked, walked, or used public transport as much as possible to get around. I still do it today, so I bike to the office every day. And I have raised my kids so that they also get around on bike or public transport. So I think that that's the most impactful thing that I do on a daily basis to reduce my own carbon footprint. Very impactful indeed. And I love to to look at the uh, bike parking areas in Sweden. They are an impressive sight, I must yeah. say. <laughs> you yeah. are not alone it, uh, in, in your country, Victoria. It's great. No. <laughs> But in this podcast, we will take a closer look at how to remove carbon emissions from industrial operations. What kind of operations are we talking about when it comes to vomit? So Valmet is the leading global developer and supplier of process technologies, automation and services for the pulp paper and energy industries. And this means that we have a, a strong global presence with 14,000 professionals working in about 150 locations in more than 30 countries around the world. We know that 25 of our locations account for a significant part of our energy consumption and CO2 footprint. And the most energy-intensive production units that we have include five foundries, and they are located in Finland, Sweden, China, and the United States of America. Then, of course, we have customers in more than 100 countries around the world, so business travel contributes also to our CO2 footprint. Well, that's a significant amount of operations. Thank you. And if we turn our eyes to Gazum, 
you're helping, obviously, your customers to lower their carbon footprints. But what about your own operation? You know, how do you save energy while producing energy? Yeah, of course, uh, we have been doing a lot of energy efficiency improvements in our LNG terminals and biogas plants. We also utilize a huge amount of society's waste in our biogas production. And we also use uh, renewable electricity. So all the electricity that we use has been produced by Nordic Hydropower. And that's also a very large amount of, <laughs> of energy yes. involved. And, and it's great that you are addressing that in such a, in such a powerful way. This question is for you, Victoria. Valmet has defined a climate program with specific targets for all the faces of the value chain. This covers your supply chain, your own operations, and the use of the technologies you deliver to your customers. However, when looking at Valmet's own operations, we see that the carbon emissions for your own operations are only a tiny piece of the pie. Thus, focusing on your own operations really make a difference? Yes, it really does. And as you say, based on life cycle analyses, we know that the use phase of our technologies account for 95% of our CO2 impact. And our own operations contribute to less than 1%. But in concrete terms, our operations account for about 100,000 tons CO2 each year. And this is the equivalent to the energy used by 12,000 homes during a year. And we believe it's really important that we walk the talk and that we take concrete actions towards credible targets in carbon neutrality in our own operations, as well as in the other parts of the value chain. And we really want to be a responsible global citizen, and we also want to lead the way. I think it's so important to indeed walk the talk and have your own house in order before you, you clean up somebody else's home. I, I think it makes mm. so much sense. And Exactly. But uh, Victoria, you, you have a very ambitious goal at Valmet. Your aim is to cut the carbon emissions of your own operations by 80% by 2030. That is in nine years from now. Uh, what are the main means you're going to use to achieve this? Of course, this means that we're working towards a low-carbon future every day across the entire organization. And we're driving this transformation by replacing fossil fuels with renewables in our locations purchasing CO2-free electricity and district heating, and implementing energy efficiency improvements. But we're also enhancing the use of digital tools, and we're going to further develop remote working habits so that we reduce our business travel emissions. And finally, of course, we promote low-carbon commuting. And these five action areas were defined through a series of internal workshops with key stakeholders, and also an analysis of expected market developments globally. And then based on that, we developed roadmaps for each area where we have the concrete steps that are aligned with the climate uh, agreements from Paris and the 1.5 degree pathway set there. Sounds very comprehensive. If I were a betting man, I would bet that you will meet that objective by 2030. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the plan. Great. Uh, and now if we look at Gazum, you know, Gazum is a, a Nordic energy company. Uh, it has a key role in helping its customers in cutting their carbon emissions relating to their energy use. Uh, what kind of solutions do you have for achieving this? 
Kasum has a long-term, cost-efficient, sustainable and reliable gas and power solutions. Our slogan is cleaner energy, and that is a key thing in all of our actions. Uh, natural gas is cleaner than other fossil fuels, and we are a leading biogas supplier in Nordic countries. We offer liquefied natural gas and liquefied biogas to maritime transportation, industry and heavy-duty transportation. We are building uh, gas filling stations around Nordics. And then we also have uh, solutions for carbon-free electricity, renewable electricity, and also heating. And then we also have these long-term power purchase agreement solutions, and that might even increase the amount of renewable electricity in the Nordic countries. At Valmet, you are working closely with Gazum to increase the amount of CO2-free energy, uh, electricity and district heat. How are you doing this in practice, and how has the transition succeeded? So, in addition to continuously investing in energy efficiency improvements, part of our actions are to gradually increase the share of our energy purchases that are carbon-free. And we aim to decarbonize as much of our energy consumption as possible by 2030. And after launching the climate program earlier this year, we decided that one of the immediate actions we could take was to purchase part of our Nordic electricity supply carbon-free using a market mechanism called Guarantees of Origin. And with Gasson's help, um, we've purchased so far 30% of the Finnish and Swedish electricity consumption with Guarantees of Origin. And this accounts for 20% of our consumption globally. So Gassim is our energy broker and supports us in this. Uh, and then in addition to this act, concrete action now with Gassim, we've had earlier steps that we've taken. So we've purchased um, carbon-free district heating for part of our Finnish operations earlier. And all of the electricity purchased in our Canadian operations is from a low-carbon supplier. And then we also have agreements with solar power providers who have installed solar panels on the roofs of several facilities that we own and we plan to install more in the future. I'd like to take up this wonderful mechanism of guarantees of origin. I think our audience would be very interested to hear more about this, Mervi. How does this work in practice? Yeah, there's a different kind of certificate systems in the world. But the main idea in all of these is that because all the electricity that is produced get mixed in the grid, then if you want to buy carbon-free electricity, you need to buy a certificate for that. And in practice, you have uh, three options. You can buy the certificates and cancel it from the market so then nobody else can use it. Mm. Or the second one is that you can buy a green electricity supply agreement when the electricity seller is buying these guarantee of origins and cancel those. Or the third one is that you can have your own production and then you'll get these certificates and cancel it from the market. And in Europe, we have this guarantee of origin system, which has a strong legislative background coming from renewable energy directive. So if you want to buy renewable electricity, you need to buy these guarantee of origins. Well, we just heard from Victoria about the impact this has had on, on their operations. But can you tell us, you know, how widely are other companies using these? And perhaps with a look in the recent past and also towards the future, how's the 
uptake or the use of this uh, great mechanism look yeah. like? Well, first, the impact, uh, the guarantee of origin tells the origin of the electricity you have bought. So it tells where, when and how the electricity has been produced. It does not mean that somebody in somewhere will build new renewable electricity power plant. However, the sale of the guarantee of origin does increase the profitability of renewable energy sources over fossil ones. So the demand of guarantee of origin gives the signal to the market that carbon-free production is preferred. Of course, there are also eco-labels that gives additional value to these certificates. And the market is increasing all the time. In Europe, this guarantee of origin system volume is around 800 terawatt hours per year. And there is more and more demand and more and more supply coming in the market all the time. And I think in future, the buyers will have even more specific needs concerning these. So maybe they want to buy local electricity or some specific production method or some specific power plant. Sounds like a very sound mechanism. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, Victoria, besides moving towards carbon-free energy at Vomit, you are taking measures around the world to cut the actual use of energy. Can you name some concrete examples of how you are doing that? So we have uh, earmarked money for energy reduction investments that have clear payback times. And then, of course, there are external incentives that we are a, can use to support energy efficiency improvements. So we have a continuous flow of improvement projects. And each year we invest, for example, in upgrading the lighting in our facilities to LED lights. We have a huge project ongoing at the moment in our largest energy-consuming location in Yveskala, Finland, that we're very excited about. We're installing a system so we can recover process heat and use it to heat our facility. And with this action, we significantly reduce district heating consumption. But then other examples are continuous investments to upgrade ventilation systems and to install more energy-efficient equipment like compressors, motors and pumps. And then it's important we don't forget the impact of behavioural change. So some of our workshops have for many years turned off lighting at lunchtime, which gives a direct energy saving. And, and next year, we're planning to launch a best practice library where we'll have a collection of different energy reduction ideas so that we can further promote these improvements internally, but also so we can share it with our suppliers and hopefully inspire them, them to action. Those sound like measures that uh, will certainly inspire other companies to do similar things. Thank you so much, Victoria. But this question is for both of you. It's a bit more of a general question. You know, considering the global climate change mitigation targets to stop global warming to 1.5 degrees, do you think that current measures are sufficient or do you see any significant obstacles to achieving them from your industry's point of view? I think the current actions are not enough and the more and more actions are needed. I think there will be more requirements to countries, companies and individuals also. Yeah, and I think that we can meet these targets and requirements if we foster both technological and societal innovation. And innovation is best driven by collaboration between people and companies and other stakeholders. And if we continue to collaborate, we'll find the solutions together, I'm sure of it.
I asked you both to um, bring to this discussion either a picture or a prop, or an, an object that symbolizes the future of your industry. What is your vision for 2040 and beyond uh, for the industry you represent and its impact on the world? So I would like you to just present what you have without explaining it yet, just presenting it to, uh, to our audience verbally. Let's start with Merve. You seem to have something already in your hands and you can show it. You can also show it to, uh, to Victoria. I have this climate-friendly porridge with me. Okay, good. Don't say any more. Good. She has climate-friendly porridge. And what, uh, what have you brought uh, w- with you, uh, Victoria? Yeah, I have a picture of an aeroplane cruising above the clouds. Oh, okay. So that's easy to imagine. We can probably imagine what that is like. And now, this is a bit of a surprise question for both of you. I'd like to ask you, Victoria, why do you think Mervi brought climate-friendly porridge to the studio today? Well, (laughs) I think we have to eat. Yes. In the future <laughs> as well. And much of what we eat is produced and processed. Mm. And um, yeah, and I think the challenge of the future, of course, is that we have to feed more and more people and, and increase the, the standard of living so we have a more equal world. And so I think somehow food supplies on Mervi's mind. Mervi, did she come close to guessing what's on your mind? Yes, exactly. I really hope that there will not be extreme weather conditions so much in future and we can have local food production also. So important. Thank you very much, Mervi. Mervi, I'm not letting you off the hook yet. <laughs> I'd like you to think about the airplane in the sky that uh, Victoria has brought to our discussion today. And why do you think she chose that particular picture as a symbolic vision of of a better future. Okay. I think that Victoria likes traveling and she would also like to travel in future. And of course, the planes are polluting a lot. So maybe we should create a new fuels, more sustainable fuels also to that industry. So we could also travel in future. Well, how well did she do, Victoria? Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, my vision is that in the not-too-distant future, we have um, flights powered by carbon-free energy and, and partly so that we can connect with, for example, for Valmet's case, that we can connect with our customers and suppliers and other partners that we have globally. But then personally, I am an Australian uh-huh. by birth and I have still my family in Australia and of course it's very important for me personally to be able to travel and meet them in a responsible manner Love so that's that's my vision thank you ever so much to both of you for coming and discussing these important topics with us today thank you very much thank you thank you, thank you.